Hello, this is Chris, welcoming you to the 2377th edition of the Enfield Talking Newspaper. Can you believe that? Dateline 22nd of February 2024. So the readers this week are Chris, Jackie, Angela, and we are delighted to welcome Lucy, who is reading with us for the first time. And we have Ian on the controls. Editing, production and distribution is by the team. Our title music is Country Rock Polka, composed by Pat Prilly, Fernand Bouillon and Harry Brewer. It is performed by the Jean-Jacques Perry and is used with his kind permission. The local news stories that we will be reading come from the Enfield Independent, the Enfield Dispatch and other sources, and it is their copyright. For the week beginning the 26th of February, the sunrise time is 06.51 and the sunset time is 17.35. We also have special notices from Enfield Vision, RNIB and Enfield Libraries. Do get in touch with us to share your own news and special announcements. We'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like to join our band of readers, we would be very pleased to hear from you. If you have any comments about the Enfield Talking newspaper, please phone Diane to Jersey on 07899 854582. She is your listener's representative and will be pleased to help you. Now, Jackie will read the first item. Thank you, Chris. We are a group of visually impaired people determined to improve the environment and to reduce the everyday problems of blind and partially sighted people. We are registered with the Charity Commission as an organisation with the specific aim of promoting the well-being of visually impaired people living in Enfield. We hold a drop-in morning on the the third Thursday in each month from 10am to 1pm at Park Avenue Resource Centre, Bushill Park, Enfield. Our exercise classes are now running again. Here are the dates for the next few months. Thursday the 21st of March, Thursday the 18th of April, Thursday the 16th of May. For further information, please contact us on 0208 37 36 260 or email information at enfieldvision.org.uk. Research by Anglia Ruskin University, Cambridge. This notice comes from Warren Wilson from the RNIB and is a request for help with some current research being conducted by Cambridge University. The research is regarding barriers faced by blind and partially sighted people when looking to participate in sport and physical activity. Information shows that people with sight loss do not participate regularly in physical activity programmes, especially the case for people from ethnic minorities. 
The study aims to discover the reasons for this and to inform the design of physical activity programs that will be specifically for people from different backgrounds. Participation will involve being interviewed either face-to-face or via a video call, where you'll be asked about your opinion on different types of physical activity provisions aimed at people with sight loss and what would make them appealing to you. You will also be asked about the barriers for you in doing different types of physical activities. The interview will last between 30 and 45 minutes. You will receive a £10 Amazon voucher as a thank you. If you or anyone you know would be interested in participating or have further questions, please contact Professor Peter Allen at pma 36 at jbs.carkham.ac.uk Events in Enfield Libraries, Tea and Chatter We're funded by the London Borough of Enfield to deliver the ICANN service. ICANN is a consortia led by Age UK Enfield with ATTEND, Alpha Care Specialists and Enfield Carers Centre. Tea and Chatter is a fun, informal group for all to meet up, learn new things and meet new people. Led by ICANN Navigators, they are held in the borough's libraries and are held monthly to different venues. There is something for everyone and the guest speakers' topics and themes are determined by participants. They're free to attend and you'll always have a cup of tea or coffee and refreshments at our events. We do like to get out into the wider community so throughout the year, we arrange pub lunches or outings and the end, end the year with a party or event. Sound good? We'd love to meet you. For more information, call Age UK Enfield on 0208 375 4120. Please join us at Enfield Town Library, 66 Church Street, Enfield EN26AX, the first Thursday of the month, 10am to 12pm. No need to book, but for more information, email Kira, that's C I A R A, at alphacares.org.uk. Ordnance Unity Centre Library, first floor, 645 Hartford Road. EN36ND, the second Tuesday of every month, 10am to 12pm. No need to book, but for more information, email christine.shaw at ageukenfield.org.uk. Edmonton Green Library, first floor community room, 34 to 36 St. Moore, Edmonton N90TN on the first Monday of every month, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. No need to book, but for more information, email Becky at ICAN, I-C-N-A-A-N, at enfieldcarers.org. Thank you, Jackie, Angela, and welcome again, Lucy, with those news from Enfield Vision RNIB and Enfield Libraries. 
So, from the Enfield Dispatch, a letter about volunteering. As one of the country's largest youth organisations, we at St John Ambulance are incredibly proud of our young people and their achievements. In 2023 alone, 2,000 of our badges and cadets, aged between 5 and 17, gave an astonishing 54,000 hours of their time over 12 months, covering events, training, teaching first aid and helping their communities. We want to continue helping our young volunteers thrive and would like your readers to consider volunteering themselves as part of the youth team. They'll be instrumental in helping the next generation of first aiders develop their skills and help save their lives. Find out more and employ and apply via our website at sja.org.uk forward slash youth team dot. And that was from Matthew Atkinson, the National Youth Operations Lead for St. John's Ambulance. Enfield Beavers reintroduction reintroduction program has made history again after a baby kit was spotted for the first time. Enfield Council launched London's first beaver reintroduction program in 2022, bringing beavers back to the capital for the first time in 400 years as part of a rewilding and natural flood management project. This has been done in partnership with Capel Manor College, London's Environmental College and with advice from the Beaver Trust. It is thought that this is also the first baby beaver to be born in London for hundreds of years. Beavers were hunted to extinction in England but have been reintroduced in recent times to some areas across the country. Enfield's baby beaver was caught on camera over the summer in the specially built enclosure created by Enfield Council near Forty Hall. In a video, the kit appears to be thriving. With guidance provided by the Beaver Trust, Capel Manor College intend to capture the new beaver to give it a thorough on-site health check with an experienced exotic animal vet and to confirm its sex, which at this stage remains undetermined. Enfield Council's Cabinet Member for the Environment, Councillor Rick Jewell, said this is truly wonderful news. The adult couple are quite young, so we weren't sure that they would breed successfully in such a short space of time. You can already see the positive impact the beavers are having through their natural landscaping of the area. The beavers' hard work creating a natural wetland ecosystem will contribute to excellent flood defences, protecting the local area and hundreds of homes from flooding downstream to the southeast of the borough. While encouraging local biodiversity to thrive, they really are remarkable animals. This project contributes to our rewilding activities and is having an extremely positive impact on our borough, supporting our climate action objectives and blue and green strategy. Capel Manor's College Animals Collection Manager, Meg Wilson, said, We are thrilled for this new arrival. We have seen the developments the beavers are making and the improvements they have made to the wetland area. We are now focusing our efforts on collecting data 
which we hope will further evidence the positive effects the beavers are having on the environment. As Cable Manor's college conservation efforts grow, this continues to enable us to give our students first-hand experience of conservation and research. Cable Manor's college supervisory team had noticed earlier this year that the female beaver appeared to be pregnant. The beaver cupper has the beaver excuse me the beaver couple has also been extremely active over the past few months expanding their sizable domed lodge and felling several trees including a large willow which will regrow by shooting out new stems dams are also visible across the site a sign that the beavers beavers are getting on well and truly making enfield their home windrush windrush woman who met thatcher and the mandelas is 100 One of Britain's earliest Windrush generation immigrants, who arrived more than 70 years ago, has celebrated the milestone of her 100th birthday. Gwendolyn Carey Fisher had around 100 visitors, one for every year, dropping in during the day for tea at her home at Bush Hill Road in Enfield on January the 31st, when she cut her cake and showed everyone the birthday card from the King and Queen. I just love to be around people, she said. Gwen loved travelling and has met many famous people, including Nelson and Winnie Mandela in South Africa and Margaret Thatcher when she was Prime Minister. Enfield FC also beaten. Two leads surrendered by Enfield Borough. Enfield Borough twice threw away a lead and eventually conceded the deciding goal to May and Baker, deep into stoppage time, losing 2-3 on a pivotal afternoon. Facing mid-table opposition, Enfield started brightly and efforts by Mario Stavrou and Daral Wapara were either charged down or deflected wide. Gideon Nesaya then blasted well over, but it was a lacklustre half and it took nearly 30 minutes for the visitors to create their first chance. Millen Sean making the save. The best chance of the half fell turned to the best chance of the half fell to Enfield's Ezra Grant Bolt, but that was stopped by the foot of Jack Riddle. The second period had a dramatic start as Wapara lobbed the ball forward to Grant Bolt, who calmly placed it to Riddle's right to open the scoring after just two minutes. The striker nearly doubled his tally minutes later but Riddell kept his header out and the keeper also saved a drive from Jacob Melford before May and Baker equalised on the hour mark. Both teams refreshed their sides with a number of substitutions, but going into the final 10 minutes, the score was still deadlocked. Parity was ended by a fine Enfield goal. Key and Jelly's drive driven, sorry, Key and Jelly's driven left wing centre flew over everyone in the goal mouth to substitute Sasha Lauren Edwards, who's driving header at the far post. But Burroughs' inability to hold onto a lead returned to haunt them again with two minutes of normal time remaining when Caleb Mapoy conceded a penalty. Eight minutes into added time with the host pushing for a winner, May and Baker broke quickly upfield and Luke Harden's cross was met perfectly by Laurie Wiggins who fired past the helpless cook. 
Enfield lost 2-0 away to Istamanian, Istamanian League Division 1 North leaders Lowestoft Town. Jake Ree gave the Suffolk side the lead on 59 minutes, but they did not clinch the win until Adam Hipson pounced in the first minute of stoppage time. Enfield's town home game with Kingstonian was postponed. Speaking out on Gaza, a letter from Paul Kershaw of the Enfield Trades Council. Dear Enfield Dispatch, Enfield Trades Council, representing some of the biggest unions in the country, has called for local MPs and councillors to speak out on the escalating crisis in Gaza. Israel's military is killing Palestinians at an average rate of 250 people a day, which, according to Oxfam, massively exceeds the daily death toll of any other major conflict of recent years. The Trades Council calls for the immediate lifting of the blockade on Gaza and the withdrawal of the Israeli military from the occupied territories. Trade unions and workers stand in solidarity with the people of Gaza. All our affiliated unions have called for a ceasefire at national level and we want to see our political representatives in Enfield join that call. Politicians of the capitalist establishment will not grant self-determination for Palestinians. The massive demonstrations in central London and local Enfield protests show that working-class people and youth have a different view. That was a letter from Paul Kershaw from the Enfield Trades Council. A man has been taken to hospital with arm injuries after he was attacked by a dog in North London. The Met Police were called at three o'clock on Sunday to reports of a dangerous dog in Albany Park, Enfield. In a statement, the force said officers and armed police responded to the incident, but no shots were fired and no force was used on the dog. The owner a man in his 30s, restrained the dog before the police arrived and it died at the scene, the Met said. The force added the animal was believed to have been a type of American bulldog. London Ambulance Service said paramedics were called at 3.03 to reports of an incident at Albany Park. It said a man was treated for arm injuries and taken to a major trauma centre as a priority. Denise Kirstensen told BBC London she went over to the park to check on her children after one of them had said there were a lot of police there. She said she saw someone on top of the dog and the police telling me to move away. The dog's dangerous. So she went home with her children. She said she later found out from a police officer the dog had bit someone and the officer told her the dog was very dangerous. She said, I was a bit worried. I wanted to know what was going on. And she added she doesn't want her own dog, a Jack Russell, now to be off its lead. There's a lot of police officers here yesterday, a lot. My boy is nine and has special needs and was really scared because he saw a policeman with a gun. He is very upset. 
Gilgamesh is one of Covent Garden's new hotspots and it calls itself a sensory feast, blending history and modernity with Japanese, Chinese and Southeast Asian flavours. The unique interior features gold, bronze and wood carvings that depict the tales of Gilgamesh. There are three floors with feature bars and lounging areas that make you feel you've been transported to a more exciting world. The original Gilgamesh opened in Camden in 2007 and this is a more intimate setting with a warm ambience. I went for dinner with my boyfriend and we were seated downstairs in the busy lounge and dining area with a stunning bar. We met after work for a date night and I went for the Assyria cocktail, which was a sweet mix of vodka, Midori liqueur, passion fruit, lemon and raspberry. I absolutely love a sweet cocktail, so this, was, this one went down a treat. And my boyfriend went for some red wine and we paired our drinks with some sharing plates to start. One half of me absolutely loves a menu where I want to order everything on it and the other half hates it because it's so hard to choose. This happened at Gilgamesh. We went for some vegetable spring rolls, a Japanese pizza with truffle tuna, a salmon tartar with shiso ponzu, and my boyfriend got the beef tataki. I actually don't think I can choose a favourite because it was all deliciously tasted with perfect portion sizes. We also got the salmon avocado sushi roll, which I couldn't get enough of. It's my favourite type of sushi. And some places just know how to make it right. For mains, my boyfriend got the lamb chops with a swabi seasoning. And I got the miso chilli and sea bass. My sea bass was an absolute winner. And it's definitely been added to my list of favourite dishes. I've had miso cod before, but miso sea bass was even better in my opinion. It was succulent, flavourful, moist, and I paired it with some sticky rice. You'd think we'd had enough, but the chocolate fudge cake dessert was far too difficult to resist. And I'm happy we didn't, because it was something I'll need to go back for again and again. St Ignatius students reaches final of public speaking competition. Over 30,000 Year 10 students in over 500 state schools in London and Essex take part in the annual event. A school pupil is just one step away from the grand final of the UK's largest youth public speaking event taking place in the West End this July. St Ignatius College pupil Ivan Tuomasi, aged 15, was crowned winner of the regional final of Jack Petchy's Speak Out Challenge, which took place at Enfield Grammar School this month. Over 30,000 Year 10 students in over 500 state schools in London and Essex take part in the annual event, hosted by the UK's leading public speaking and communication charity, Speakers Trust, and funded and supported by the Jack Petchy Foundation. Ivan was crowned regional champion after speaking out about feeling the pressure to excel in a speech titled, Pressure, Does It Get Better? His passion and articulacy caught the eyes and ears of the expert judges. 
Ivan now proceeds to the online semi-finals with just 37 other regional champions before the final 15 are selected for the grand final taking place at the prestigious Cambridge Theatre on 8th of July. Ivan said, I feel great. I feel like I am dreaming as I cannot believe I won. I am waiting for it to sink in. Thank you to the Jack Petchy Foundation and Speakers Trust. The runner-up was Kira Liminto, representing Kingsmead School, who made a compelling speech titled Imagine If, while third place went to Karen Yadom from Oasis Academy Hadley with a speech titled Our Worst Nightmare. Mayor of Enfield, Suna Herman, attended the event and said, It is amazing that at the age of 14 or 15, how confident these young people are. Thank you to Speakers Trust and the JPF for giving them this wonderful opportunity and letting us hear. Enfield North MP for Ryle Clark also attended and said, I think that this is an absolutely brilliant programme to help young people find their voice and speak up. I am blown away by the talent and what I saw and heard. At the grand final, Ivan is competing not only for the honour of becoming this year's Jack Petchy's Speak Out Challenge champion, but also for the chance to win £5,000, a £2,000 bursary for himself and £3,000 for his school. Well, I'm still hungry after that article from Angela. Here we go. Councillors express concern over fly tipping. Councillors have questioned Enfield Council's use of CCTV amid its continued struggle to control fly tipping in the borough. Labour and Conservative councillors shared concerns over the rising fly tipping issue at an overview and scrutiny committee meeting. Esther Hughes, the council's head of service for consumer protection and waste protection, presented the latest data. She explained that since last April, CCTV had been installed at 29 different locations and that 13 redeployable cameras, which can be moved from one area to another, were in use. As a result, nine vehicles involved in fly-tipping are subject to ongoing investigations. She said the council was working to publish a CCTV location map on its website to show monitored sites. These include cameras in Arnes Grove, Hales Hazelbury, Palmer's Green and Upper Edmonton Wards. Esther explained the council's new Can You Help webpage where CCTV footage is uploaded and it had received positive feedback from the public as the council was seen to have taken a proactive step. The page launched last May and to date 24 fly-tipping incidents have been published but with only one positive identification made and fine paid. 
Esther said the webpage was being promoted on social media and via leaflets posted to residents. BBC local radio cuts could harm more than 1,000 people registered visually impaired in Enfield. Cuts to local radio services have been a travesty to visually impaired people, a national campaign group has warned. Cuts to local radio services have been a travesty to visually impaired people, a national campaign group has warned. It comes as the number of blind and partially blind people registered in Enfield has been revealed, with the Royal National Institute of Blind People warning the true number could be even higher. Latest NHS digital figures, which are only released every three years, show around 1,240 people living in Enfield were registered visually impaired as of March. This includes approximately 700 people who were completely or severely blind and a further 540 who were partially impaired. All figures are rounded to the nearest five. Across England, around 270,000 people were registered as visually impaired as of March, of which 130,000 were severely or fully impaired. Of these, 10,500 were children, with around 1,595 based in London. Sarah Gayton, Street Access Campaigner and Coordinator for the National Federation of the Blind UK, said the BBC's recent cuts to local radio services hit visually impaired people harder as they rely on the radio for information, entertainment and companionship. Ofcom licensing guidance says BBC local radio stations must provide a certain number of hours of original content each year. But the corporation has sought to make savings in the face of high inflation and a licence fee freeze, including plans for local radio stations to share more content and transmit fewer programmes unique to their areas. Miss Gayton said, We are not going away and all needs need to be taken into account. Ofcom, the BBC and the government are not listening, and the way blind people and visually impaired people are being treated is abhorrent. We feel we have been left behind and are not being listened to. It is down to the BBC and the government to provide people with blind and visual impairments with local radio. A BBC spokesman said... We are fully compliant with our Ofcom set operating licence requirements and will report on our compliance in July alongside our annual report. A Department for Culture, Media and Sports spokesman said, We remain disappointed at the BBC's decision to reduce parts of its local output and ministers have met with BBC bosses to express concerns about these plans. The BBC must continue providing distinctive and genuinely local services that reflect and represent local communities. Ofcom will ensure the BBC is held to account to to deliver these duties. Some 20,300 people across England registered as visually impaired last year, of which 9,700 were severely or completely blind. In Enfield, there were around 105 new registrations. 
Vivian Francis, Chief Social Change Officer at the RNIB, said the organisation was surprised to see a decrease in the number of new registrations and expects the number of people impacted by sight loss is due to increase dramatically by 2050 due to an increase in risk factors such as low income and ageing. Miss Francis said the decrease points towards there being significant problems in the system whereby people are not routinely being registered. A letter from Anthony Roper, Kynaston Road, Enfield. Dear Enfield Dispatch, Our street was recently cleaned by operatives using leaf blowers. The first thing I noticed was a lot of noise coming from the street. That's another problem. I opened the front door to find out where the noise was coming from and there was the smell. This just about sums up the machine's performance. They don't move the leaves stuck to the footpath. They make so much noise. They burn fossil fuel. Some are electric, I do admit, but not the ones in question. They pollute the air. I'm not commenting at all on the skill of the operatives. I'm sure they were working as instructed. Why aren't operatives given stiff brooms to clean footpaths, avoiding polluting the air the operatives are forced to breathe, and the assault on their hearing? That's not to comment on job satisfaction. If the footpaths were truly cleaned, there would be a huge sense of pride seeing a nice, clean street. Food for thought... From Councillor David Fothergill, Chairman of the Local Government Association's Community Wellbeing Board, supporting vape ban. We're delighted that the government has listened to the long-standing concerns of the LGA and councils and are taking decisive action to ban single-use vapes. Disposable vapes are inherently unsustainable products meaning an outright ban remains the most effective solution to this problem. Single-use vapes blight our streets as litter, are a hazard in our bin lorries, and are expensive and difficult to deal with in our recycling centres. Their colours, flavours and advertisings are appealing to children and are a risk to the health of young people. We look forward to working with the government and others to enforce this ban, as well as ensure plans for a smoke-free generation are a success. From Neil Leach, Chief Executive of Early Years Alliance, Early Years Education. While we welcome the committee's call for an alternative to one-word judgments on Ofsted reports, It is both disappointing and incredibly frustrating that the inquiry's scope only focused on school inspections. As the Alliance's own research has shown, not only are Ofsted inspections the greatest cause of stress in the sector, but more than three quarters of nurseries, preschools and childminders support a move to replace one-word inspection judgments. Why is it then? that early years continues to be such an afterthought in discussions around inspection reforms. 
such a short-sighted approach risks negatively impacting the well-being of the early years workforce and exacerbating an already acute staffing crisis at a time when we need more educators than ever before. It is absolutely crucial that going forward, the needs and concerns of the early years sector are prioritised along those of the schools in the ongoing debates around Ofsted reforms. After all, contrary to what many seem to believe, the education system doesn't begin and end at the school gates. Enfield girl Galaha, living rugby dream, a youngster hoping for Ireland under-20 selection. Niam Galaha is certainly living the rugby dream, from the foothills of playing in Enfield to the fringes of international selection for the Ireland women's under-20s. Her journey began at her local primary and has taken in the Enfield Tigers girls section of Enfield Ignatians, the Middlesex County side, the Wasps Centre of Excellence, the Thames Valley Centre of Excellence and now Saracens. Two wins from three so far and with a local derby with Harlequins on the horizon as at mid-February. The very talented utility back, able to cover most positions in the three-quarter line, has already attended two Irish squad sessions, each lasting two days at the Irish Rugby Union Football High Performance Centre Dublin in November and January. One of the sessions, she said, was entirely dedicated to fitness and we were all completely knackered at the end of the day. It's quite daunting when you first arrive as you don't know anyone and you are required to train with players that you've never met before. However, it speaks volumes for the rugby spirit that the bonds between players are quickly forged. It has been quite fun, and especially when it comes to queuing for food, which became a race between the two groups, jostling to see who could get there first, she added. Still only 18, now I am not one to rest on her laurels, is hoping to be invited to further Irish squad sessions and her ultimate rugby Everest is to scale of heights of international selection later in the year. The great thing is I'm being monitored by the RRFU talent coach Ross Finlay. He provides invaluable feedback and suggestions as to how I can improve my game. Naturally, he also feeds back to the IRFU, she said. Niam's wonderful journey began at the local primary St Edmunds in Edmonton. Wes da Silva, one of my teachers, gave me plenty of encouragement, as did another Enfield Ignatius player, Hadiz Fayaz, who oversaw the tag rugby sessions. His advice was to get yourself down to Enfield Ignatians, 
she said, while also acknowledging the role of her coaches in her development. Tom Mann at the EIRFC has been brilliant, instrumental in putting Niamh forward for Ireland. I have also been the input of Ross Finlay and Niamh McHugh at the Saracens under-18s pathway lead. Niamh is also very grateful for the wonderful support provided by parents, Marie and Joe. They have encouraged both myself and my brother, Dara, to play sport and driven me all over the country for training sessions and games. Often to be seen helping out at EIRFC youth training sessions, she is clearly determined to give back to a sport which has given her a lot. Rugby has been very good. My personal development, as it has made me more respectful as a person and resilient too. So, congratulations to Niam, and I hope I've got that pronunciation right. It's been quite a met- meteoric rise so far, but if her determination and drive are anything to go by, don't bet against her achieving that ultimate sporting goal. Live Music Pub gets to keep its licence. A live music pub, subject to repeated noise complaints from neighbours, will be able to stay open if it installs a noise-limited device, councillors have agreed. An Enfield Council licensing subcommittee heard on Wednesday last week that the Fox Pub in Palmer's Green had been subject to 12 noise complaints between June 23 and January 24. This prompted a licence review and led to live music events being cancelled this year. But more than 2,000 people later signed a petition to save the pub's premises licence. Austin Whelan of Whelan Pubs, which runs the Fox, claimed he'd never had these problems at any of the other pub sites his company operated, and said, I've invested 500,000 in this property, so this isn't a good experience for me in any format. The Fox underwent major refurbishment before reopening in February 23, for the first time in five years, under the new management of Whelan's pubs. Austin said he understood the resident's position and mentioned the pressure of having his character questioned and that his situation was causing us all problems. He said, from a management point of view, I think we've done a very, very good job. We've got something there that wasn't there before. We've put stability back in the community. We've got a whole function there that's for the whole community. That's why it's kept its licence. Councillor Doug Taylor, a ward councillor for Palmer's Green, said he took into account the views of residents at one Fox Lane, as well as residents who did not want to see the pub close. Councillor Taylor said it would be unacceptable for residents to continue to experience the noise levels recorded and that it should be the committee's interest to prioritise their complaints. While the Calabar councillor said he welcomed a trial of the noise-limited device proposed by the pub's management, he added this may not resolve all the noise issues, 
but some extra soundproofing on top of the noise limiter may be required. Announcing the decision for the Fox to retain its licence, Committee Chair Councillor Mayhem Bedikova said the licensing subcommittee reminds the applicant that if the issue continues concerning noise nuisance or any other breaches to the licensing conditions, these matters may be brought forward for further review. Adrian Day, Better Streets for Enfield, writes... Dear Enfield Dispatch, we're a bit confused by the article Residents of Palmer's Green Street blighted by burglaries and speeding traffic. Demand action. Published on the Dispatch website on the 28th of December. According to the article, there's been traffic issues for years, yet the recently installed Bows and Fox Lane Low Traffic Neighbourhoods LTNs are also cited as a cause. What are the actual traffic speed and traffic volume trends over the past few years in this street? Is there evidence that the LTNs are the cause of heavier traffic and or speeding? If, as we suspect, there are vehicles bypassing the North Circular and a rat running down roads such as Dawlish Avenue, then filtering the roads in the area would make a material difference and improve the residents' quality of life. In the January issue of the Dispatch, Council Plans for Nearly 10,000 Greenbelt Homes, page 2, issue 64, it was stated that the draft local plan had earmarked 3,700 homes to Cruise Hill and 5,500 at Vicarage Farm. This was the wrong way round. The 3,700 homes have actually been earmarked for Vicarage Farm, Chase Park, with 5,500 instead being put forward for Cruise Hill. The local plan can be read on Enfield Council's website at enfield.gov.uk forward slash services forward slash planning forward slash slash new hyphen Enfield hyphen local hyphen plan. From the Festival of Industry brochure. What's on from January to March 2024? Woolly Mammoths of Enfield by Chicken Shed. Saturday 16th of March, starting at 12pm, 1.30pm, 3pm, 4th Street Library for free. Chicken Shed presents an immersive, interactive and fun theatre performance for all the family. An interactive performance using song, dance, mime, recordings and animation in this newly created musical theatre extravaganza. Exhibitions and public art. Enfield's industrial evolution, past, present, future, continues until 3rd of March at the Dugdale's Arts Centre and three hub library sites for free. The Museum of Enfield flagship exhibition explores the industries that flourished in the borough including market gardening small arms electrical engineering and invention look out for the industry themed children's trail and dressing up corner in the museum under the jet plane sky by owen wall ceramics 
launching March 2024 at Angel Gardens N18 2NX for free. Edmonton-based ceramicist Owen Wall is creating a public artwork inspired by Enfield's brick-making industry and creative work produced by local school children by making and glazing over 250 tiles using a wax-resist technique to cover a historical World War II tank blocker located in Angel Gardens. Well, we have reached the end of our programme. And my apologies to Neve for completely mispronouncing your name. But we all hope you do reach your ultimate sporting goal. So, thank you for listening. From the team of Chris, Jackie, Angela and Lucen, and Ian on the controls. So, from us, it's goodbye! Goodbye! If you would like to join us, as Angela and Lucy have done, please get in touch. It would be lovely to have you as one of our readers. Please remember to turn over the address label in your postal packet, put the memory stick into the packet in a closed position and return it to us as soon as possible in readiness for the next edition. You can now also listen to our podcast by searching for Enfield Talking Newspaper on your favourite podcast app or listen to us on your smart speaker by saying Play Podcast Enfield Talking Newspaper. Don't forget, you can call Diana Jersey regarding any help you may require in connection with the Enfield Talking Newspaper on 078 99 584 The Enfield Talking Newspaper will be with you again in one week's time. Goodbye.